The practice of medicine contains moments full of pain, despair, grief, and loss. However, the strength of the human spirit triumphs as stories of kindness, empathy, joy, and healing unfold. What follows are stories of human beings, sometimes doing great things, and sometimes small things with great empathy. Welcome to Med Stories, brought to you by the Teacher Learner Advocacy Committee at Indiana University School of Medicine. So I'm losing all of my hearing on my left side, maybe my face, and then a 16-hour surgery. And then I think really the first thought was, I don't know what I'm going to tell my mom. Hello, I'm Jared Shields. I'm the chief resident of radiology here at IUSM. I'm one of the residents that gets to, to be here. I'm a physician in training. So this is uh, Chang Ho. I'm one of the neuroradiologists here at uh, IU. Uh, also serve as the neuroradiology d uh, division chief. So have the two of you known each other for a long time? Relatively off and on. I mean, I'm probably a known face more than anything because I, I passed through uh, radi the radiology department as a medical student. So Jared, I understand that recently there was an MRI research opportunity. Is that something that happens a lot? It's not a very common thing. I think there was only a handful, maybe less than 10 volunteers that got this opportunity. So I consider myself, hey, this is a thousands and thousands of dollar scan and I get it for free. So you go in and you get this scan, but you had a special request for them to capture images in a particular place, right? If at all possible, I know it's a, a experimental scan, but is there any way you could just scan my brain? Um, I have this head cold and I think it would be neat to see what that looks like. So you get the MRI, which includes images of your brain, but the technologists see a problem. Now where do you come into this story, Dr. Ho? I got a phone call. Um, from the MRI technologist and he's like hey you better come down here you know like we're we're scanning one of the residents and and I think he has a has a brain tumor so when I got down there you know it was it was one of these brain tumors that uh, was not easy to miss I mean it was big enough that that it was definitely easy to see um, but uh, it was very characteristic you know and you know my many years of um, neuroradiology training and experience, I could tell that, you know, this is what's going to end up being what's called a vestibular schwannoma. Um, and so a vestibular schwannoma is uh, a benign tumor, um, but it grows off of the vestibular nerve within the internal auditory canal. So this nerve uh, is responsible for your hearing and also for your sense of balance, too, as well. Um, and this tumor was big enough that it was growing out of this, um, this internal auditory canal channel, um, which carries the nerve, but into, like, it was pushing on Jared's brainstem. And it was, wow. it was pretty obvious, like, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a subtle thing. So, Jared, had you been having symptoms leading up to this? I mean, I know you didn't get the scan because of symptoms, but... Right, yeah, I thought up to this point I was perfectly healthy, and I should say, like, right when I got out of the scanner, seeing Dr. Ho, I just figured he is heavily involved in research. This is a new research scanner. I thought he was just coming down to check it out. It's like, oh, great to see you, Dr. Ho. And then um, he said, do you want to sit down? I said, sure, I'll sit down. And he showed me this picture of this golf ball-sized tumor on the brainstem. Yeah. And he said, well, um, how are you feeling? I said, I'm great. And he goes, well, this is your brain. And then I looked at him, and then it started to sink in. It's kind of like a cartoon and like Wiley e. Coyote realizing he's off the cliff falling <laughs> yeah that you're like oh that is my brain that isn't cool mm. uh, and then I mean 
the week before I found out my wife was pregnant. And so just all of these thoughts just started tailspinning and the world was very slow and very quiet. What in the world am I gonna tell not only my wife, uh, who's pregnant, but my mom, who worries about everything. I had a ski trip coming up in two weeks, like a snow skiing trip with my dad. It was just like a father-son trip. The first thing I did was really isolate myself. I did not reach out to anybody. I tried to kind of keep it under wraps. And I went home that day, um, and I thought, am I going to tell my wife today? Um, she works full-time and she picked up my daughter. And so when she came home and she had my daughter in her hands, I just melted. So Jared, you share this news with all your family. And then I imagine you had to meet with the neurosurgeon. Uh, what kind of things did they have to say to you at that appointment? And he says, well, this is the issue. Um, you have a huge tumor and it needs to come out. You're young and the features of this, there's some cystic change in it, meaning that it's growing and it will continue to grow. Um, and then he said that the, the biggest side effect of this surgery is facial paralysis. You, you will lose half of your face. So I'm losing all of my hearing on my left side, maybe my face, and then a 16-hour surgery. And so that hit me pretty hard. And I realized, okay, this is either going to be a thing that kills me which I just simply rejected to believe that. I was very convicted about that, and faith's important to me. So I think that um, I said, this, is, this needs to be used for good. I don't want to squander this opportunity. That's kind of the way I, I viewed it, is I don't know what the future's going to hold. And then finally I divulged to everyone on Facebook. Like the night before surgery, I didn't tell anyone, but I said, hey, I've wrote a blog. Um, Feel free to check it out. I have a brain tumor. Um, I have surgery tomorrow. Love you all. It's literally how I left it on the blog. I kind of went into some of these details I've discussed today, kind of the impossibility of me getting a scan. I really did it as a love letter that if an insurance policy, that if something were to go horribly wrong, uh, my unborn son and my daughter would know, hey, this is uh, how I'm feeling. Wow. But uh, after all of it, 16-hour surgery, uh, the last song my left ear listened to was Hey Jude that morning. Uh, <laughs> I made a point of that. My wife whispered, I love you in my ear. And then uh, they put me to sleep, and it's just like, it was easy for me. It's a lot harder for my family and support group. The surgery was successful. And how are you doing now? We're about five months out from surgery, and my face is still, my facial animation is still improving. Um, every, every week I see a change. So it was pretty great. What would you say you've learned through this whole experience? Every day you're going to see people um, that are sick, and I think that that also gave me perspective, being from the patient side and experiencing the patient side, yes. is that we work in these buildings where every day in this hospital is somebody's worst day of their life. And um, not to take that lightly, um, but I've been trained enough and I guess now living it and trying to isolate myself. The best thing I ever did was find that support, whether it was family, whether it was my coworkers, 
and I think that this culture here in, at IU has been one that uh, cultivates and develops that and makes you want to do that. You don't have to be an isolated island. You, um, there are plenty of people that want to reach out. You just have to be willing to just be a little vulnerable, I think. I think that that's the biggest lesson. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for more Med Stories. Have one of your own? Email us at medstory@iu.edu. That's M-E-D-S-T-O-R-Y at I-U This has been a production of Indiana University School of Medicine, preparing healers and transforming health.